The Backdoor GA Podcast for 2023 is now brought to you by Steed Motor Group. For your personalised vehicle shopping experience, visit stevemotorgroup.ie. We are now delighted to announce our second sponsor of the podcast. Harper Finley are a professional service recruitment company operating nationwide and are dedicated to helping people find their dream job. So it's delighted now to be joined by Cara Vaughan Brannock of Sport TT Cara and former Westmead Senior Head and Selector Alan Mangan to look back on what you could say in the end was a comprehensive victory for Galway over Westmead at the weekend. It's Ireland show and can't really start anywhere else other than last night. Don't know. Cusack raised uh, his annoyance with the coverage of Harden this year, and some of his annoyance is definitely understandable. Coming to you, lads, about this, Cara, coming to you first, you're obviously involved with TG Cara throughout uh, this sporting year in Ireland. Have you been annoyed this year? with the coverage, with the GA go and everything? Well, I suppose the first thing, it's it's easy for me to say that I, you know, that, that GA go is brilliant and that I can access things and I can watch the games because, you know, I am of an age that I can use technology. I think that's the biggest thing. Um, Like, I, 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 I suppose I, I did sign up for the GA pass uh, for the GA go. I'll be honest with you, the app hasn't worked for me, so I've had to watch the games on the phone. I can't cast on it, which is an annoyance. And as much as the customer support have tried to help me, they, they they couldn't sort it out. So I think I think I think there's a couple of things. Definitely the two games that we had in the hurling championship around Diego, they were unbelievable matches. And when that happens, you know, there is a frustration um that there wasn't access to you know people that, that that want to watch games, um, and I, I think Tom Dempsey was speaking yesterday on about you know that people that actually genuinely don't mind paying for the games, but they can't access them. They don't have they don't have the proper Wi-Fi, or they don't have the Wi-Fi at all, or the Wi-Fi is not fast enough, or they don't have devices. I think that's one issue. Um, for me personally, the paywall thing isn't a huge thing. You know, I, I'm you know I think if there's games on, I pay for them. I play. I I I, I you know I have seeing games in club championships, you know, the stuff Clubber do on Joe McDonough games, you know, I'm, I'm well, I'm happy to do that. But I do think there is an actual bigger issue than just the games being shown for, for media in, in, in the, in, um, for the Hearn Championship. You know, I put up a tweet last, last week about the complete lack of media coverage that the Leicester Championship gets. And some of the people giving out today about Go were the same people that gave three or four minutes to the Leicester Championship last week. And you have counties like, you know, Antrim and Westmead especially, who are in the senior Leinster championship and get absolutely no coverage, absolutely no coverage from national media. And then the same breath, the same people talk about, okay, well, you know, we need to develop these counties. But sure, how how is a young lad or a young girl in Westmead or Antrim going to strive to become, you know, a, a Niall O'Brien or a Niall Mitchell or a Tommy Doyle or a, you know, a Neil McManus or a Gerald Walsh if they don't see them enough? Do you know, that that's that's a bigger issue, I think, that there is this kind of obsession with some of the games and some of the bigger teams and you have counties in the senior championship that don't get it looking. So I do, I, I, I got, I, I understood what Don Logue said and I understood his frustrations, but I actually do think there, there are other things going on in the Hurling Championship for much longer that we haven't really grasped. And that's maybe a Hurling issue, it's GA issue, it's a media issue, but there's other things going on than just GA go. But I think Don Logue, you know, not that I agree with all of it. I think he, the, the part when he talk, started talking about rugby, I think he kind of maybe 
went a bit too far. But, you know, there is a frustration that we don't get enough hurling games on TV as opposed to streamed. Just there when Jared's talking about Westmead and Antrim players, Adam, they don't really get coverage. It's not like there's been a moment where they've been on RT and people have been able to witness these players up front and personal. You obviously guided Castletown gig into the county title last year. You were involved with the Westmead senior hurling management team. When you're involved in that setup, you see the work these players put in. Does it piss you off looking at this? Absolutely. We um, got involved with Westmead. I was involved with, them with Michael Ryan uh, first, and then I was with Shane O'Brien and Noel Arkham. And the, the effort that these lads put in, I obviously played uh, quite a number of years with Westmead footballers, and these lads put in as much, if not more, effort than we ever put in. They, they do everything to the letter of the law. The likes of Brendan Egan was the strength and conditioning coach with us uh, when I was with him, and he's now with Dublin as well. And he would tell you that the effort that the Westmead lads put in is no different and no less than any other county that he was involved in. And he was with Galway as a sort of a, uh, understudy um, back in the day as well. So it, 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 is, it is quite clear that these counties, like Eric was saying, um, that these counties like Westmead and and an Antrim and also the Joe McDonough doesn't get the cover coverage that it deserves. Like people don't see the, the quality of some of these others have. Like the, the Nile O'Brien's like you were rolling off the tongue there, Nile O'Brien and Mitchell Jogger, these lads, but there, there is an awful lot more lads like that, as there is in Antrim, as there is in, in Leash and Offley and, and so and Kerry and so forth. But I think the coverage thing with Don Logue, I do agree with him for the majority of what he said. I obviously don't agree when it came to the rugby, he sort of went off track there a bit. But um I also think that if 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 they actually if already had streamed any sort of a game live on a Saturday evening, there wouldn't be as much of a hoo-ha as there is at the minute about it. Like, there's no there's no free-to-air GA game on RT the last, or on any station the last uh, two Saturdays. And you're checking up updates. Like, like I don't get me wrong, I, I do click into GA Go and I've no problem paying for it, but, but there's a lot of people in the village here that wouldn't have Wi-Fi. A lot of the older people, and they're trying to ring people wondering what the score is. And it's very unfair in that regard, but... Um, no, the, the effort that these lads put in, as you were asking me earlier, is, is second to none. Like, they do put in every bit, as much an effort as, as anyone else. But unfortunately, uh, they don't get the coverage that they deserve. And if we want to progress as a country in terms of, of the hurling end of things, we really need to start looking at these things. And two thing, Paul, there, on, on media coverage and, you know, some of those counties, like, that, that snowballs as well because... You know, in, if it's companies in, in those kind of counties that are saying, okay, th this guy, you know, this forward for 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 Kildare at Joe McDonough or Kerry, whatever level it is, you know, they're getting exposure. Then co companies get involved, or business people get involved, and that creates you know more access to different things for those counties. So it, there is a snowball effect here, um, and I think that is something that you know we, we that needs to be looked at um, at, at, a, at a at a bigger level for for for, for hurling. There are counties that are. are you know, we, we know the companies that are probably struggling at the name of this year, but like they're very close. We saw Westmead's achievement last year getting getting a draw against Wexford. You know, Antrim have been, you know, rock solid in the league uh, uh, as much as anything else uh, in the last couple of years. But they need to be looked at and say, how can we improve them to get to the next level? Rather than having a conversation about, you know, uh, the Munster Championship should have four teams qualifying from a five-team group. 
do you know, this like there's a lot of things that we can improve in hurling by actually looking at it correctly, not just from that there, sorry there, um, but there's the perception now straight away of it is that the Munster Championship is stronger than the Leinster Championship and it seems to be a lot of a talked about point but is, is that because people aren't necessarily putting the time in do you feel to look at the Leinster Championship because it just seems like an easy cop out at times yeah well I think I think if you look at it there's, there's better teams at the moment right in the Munster Championship that's fair enough but like, you go back to the quarterfinals last year they were very lucky to be Wexford do you know what I mean like so there's a poke of the ball in it Wexford and Westmead Drew in the group stages. That's not to say that, you know, do I think are there more teams maybe Munster that could win the All-Ireland? Well, maybe, but there are probably only two of them that could actually win the All-Ireland. But I just do think, yes, there's competitive games in Munster, you know, but you have you do have Waterford that have, have, have won one game in the last couple of years as well. Do you know what I mean? I just yeah. do think that... Last know, 12 out of 13 games. Yeah, do you know what I mean? So I do think that... Like, I love the Munster Championship. Do you know what I mean? I, I obviously go my man, but my mother's Waterford. I grew up going to Munster Waterford games. But there is just, it's it, it becomes very much the last, you know, the last token of, you know, a goer playing Westmead at the weekend. Right, you know, we expect goer to win. Nobody talking about some great stories that you had. Like, you had, you know, Jamie Glenn on one side, Rowan Glenn on the other. Look at the Wexford Dublin game. You had, you know, Dublin, the brand new midfield. You had, you know, uh, obviously Don Burke deserves all the applause he's getting. Uh, you had, you know, Wexford, the difficulties they had, Antrim losing three or four big players. You know, if, if people aren't talking about these in mainstream media, then it snowballs. Players are saying, well, you know, we're not getting too much of a look in. Like, and Anne knows that more than anyone. Do you know, the players do like to be talked about and teams like to be talked about and hearing themselves or their family likes to be, hear them or the lads in the club like to say, geez, you know, they were saying you, you play well the weekend. All those things snowball, and I do think there is that bit of, I suppose, uh, not an obsession because I don't want to say an obsession, but just sometimes, you know, it's not too far, it's not too long ago that the Leinster Championship went to the last group game. Galway got knocked out in Parnell Park, and Wexford and Kenny got through in a, and that was an unbelievable weekend. So sometimes we do forget that the Leinster Championship isn't as good this year, but you know, it it has a lot of good things going for it as well. Just just on that, sorry to interrupt there, but if you if you look at the more exposure that these lads get, the, the longer they'll play for. Like, if you look at, there's a lot of Westmead lads, like uh, my own cousin is Angus Clark, who went off travelling for six months. I, I honestly think if he was getting more exposure as an inter-county player, like, like the top teams are getting, there's no doubt he would have stayed around because it's a big it's a big thing to be playing in a Leinster Championship for Westmead. It's like, it's something they've strived to do for, for ages. But, in in the grand scheme of things, they're not getting the exposure that they need, and loads of them are going away travelling. Like how many Limerick, Galway, Kilkenny, uh, Tipperary? How many of these lads go travelling? Very, very, very few of them. You never come into a year and say, "Oh, there's four or five of the of the Kilkenny lads gone, or Limerick lads gone, gone off travelling, they're gone, and they've stepped away for a year." But that happens in the weaker counties, the weaker in, counties, the whole time. Would that be a thing in Westmead? And obviously, you know the squad very well, but would it be a thing where you necessarily don't always have the best 30 players in Westmead because you have a few players heading off travelling like that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, if you, like you look at just last last Sunday, like through injury, like the unfortunate thing for Westmead is if they don't have, they have, they have 18, 19, maybe 20, 21 really, really good players. 
the rest of them are squad players that are trying to improve. And that's what we all need. But if we're missing four or five of our best players, which we were against Galway the other day, now don't get me wrong, I, Westmead would never have beaten Galway and they probably wouldn't have come within 15, 20 points anyway. But if they had them, they'd be way more competitive than they are. And I really think if they were getting more exposure throughout all parts of uh, of the media, not just RTE or or, or TG Cat or these things, but all parts of the of the media, I really think these lads have put in. They would stay around, and they'd be they'd be an awful lot more eager to stay around to play. That would be that's just my opinion. So just when we're looking at some of the issues of Donald Rob's comments, some of the points he made across, are the issues really at the moment when you look at this? The GA go obviously, Carrick, you mentioned there about some people have to watch games on their phone. It's it's not that accessible. Then you have the Leinster and Munster debate, the coverage. But a comment he made as well about the person who is in charge of hurling up in Crow Park that they're not necessarily doing their job at the minute. Well, like I suppose there's probably like I would look at it and say there's a lot of good things. I know it's been a bit negative, but there has been a lot of good things in her in the last couple of years. Like there's absolutely no doubt that the different competitions are are working to a degree, and that everyone has a goal and a, and a place to go. It did take a while. Let's be honest. It did take a while to tweak things like the Christie Ring and the Joe McDonough. You know, you had a situation a couple of years ago where you know I think it was Kildare that won the Christie Ring and had to play. The promotion the following week and crazy situation like that. I think that has been sorted. I think the winners of the Joe McDonough now getting and, and this uh, the finals getting a shot at the Lee McCarthy is good. Uh, is good. Is there work to do? Yes, there's massive work to do. Um, uh, but I think that is totally separate, maybe to coverage wise and matches being shown. I think that's like I don't think that really comes under whoever's in charge of Hurling's remit. I think it's more looking at coaching and setting up. You know, things like the Celtic Challenge would be a huge benefit. Um, you know, like, at the end of the day, Paul, I suppose, like, there are counties that, for whatever reason, don't really want hurling. That's the reality of it. Like, they don't want, um, you know, players to be taken away from, from, from one sport to the other. There are counties, and these are the counties we sh they should be looking at, the counties that have that, you know, uh, they're getting that strong root, that's getting that strong base and trying to help them. You know, like that's what happened with Dublin at the end of the day. They came in with a plan and said, okay, we have an idea. We want to bring Dublin up to the top today. We want to make Dublin competitive. And they have been. That doesn't mean Dublin, you know, have they haven't got to an alarm. No, but like that's 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 a very hard step to take. But you have, obviously, you have Antrim, you have Westmead, you know, you have Offaly now coming back. You know, I, I was looking at Kildare and I, you know, I have a lot of connections to Kildare, lads that I coach, lads that coach me and lads that I play with. You know, Kildare are a county that have massive potential between club in, in Nace, they're underage, but they need help. And they need help from Crow Park and from the GA and say, okay, what can we do to help you make the next step? Um, can it be done by one person? That's the thing I would say, Paul, to be honest about it. Like, it is a huge amount of work to undertake for anyone to try and, you know, grow Hurling. But Hurling is being played in every county in Ireland. That is a fact. Hurling is probably being played by more people now than it ever was. And I would say the same for Camogie. But I suppose there needs to be a clearer picture of where it's going. And maybe that's something that the GA could work on is actually saying, okay, to hurling people, because we're all, you know, people that are interested in, in probably both, but the people that are interested in hurling saying, this is what we're doing now, and these are the goals we want to make. And I think people would be generally okay with saying, you know, we are going to focus on a couple of counties that we're going to really, you know, help as much as we can. 
because most people who are interested in hurling want to see more hurling teams being competitive. If if you look at if you look at the two like outside the top three or four club teams in the country, up there in definitely in the top ten are Naas and Schlotnid. And they come from obviously Kildare and Derry. Like, why if they're so so competitive at club level, why are is hurling not growing at the county level for them? That's that's the other thing. Like they, they really need to start, like, let's be honest about it. You you won't get anywhere without money. If you look at the Westmead footballers last year that won the Talchin Cup, then we now have a sponsor on the sleeve of the Westmead jersey that was never there until the Talchin Cup. It was never there. They just got it going. So it was the extra few quid that they got in and, and stuff like that. Every county needs that, but it needs to be pushed from the hierarchy up in Crow Park to make sure that the likes of the likes of the counties that we mentioned, but also the likes of Derry and Down and these counties that can be very, very competitive, but it's just they just need that extra bit of a push. Probably is a thing with GA going now at the minute that obviously football was shown um, yesterday and Carrick, as you mentioned there, Harry Mayo and go with Tyrone won't be um, on RT, that would be on GA go. So then Harlem will get its weekend and that's probably the way it, it still is. Uh, GA go in their in their first year in existence showing the extended coverage um, and it, it's probably some of the criticism has been a bit OTT but it, there definitely is uh, some issues but it'd be interesting to see how does the coverage change now or the scheduling around and over the next few weeks but we are here to talk about going Westmead um, over the weekend Eric, what did you take from a Galway perspective um, coming out of Mullingar on Saturday evening? Um, I suppose the first thing I'd say is probably Conor Whelan. Um, you know, John Nolan Park, and even though it was in the warm up with, with Conor in, in, in Nolan Park, he wasn't partaking fully and he just didn't look 100%. Like, I think he's probably marking one of the most underrated players in Ireland, Hugh Lawler. He's uh, just a machine. And if you're not 100% against Hugh Lawler, like, you know, he, he probably would have been disappointed with himself. But like he, Connor was just—he was sharp. He was—he was root one. He was ruthless on on Saturday, um, and that's the first thing I take from a goal perspective. I think anytime your forwards are scoring three goals, it's going to give lads confidence. Um, secondly, I was happy to see Finter Burke back and starting. Um, I think it gives us something different at number seven, and it allows Joel Cooney as well to push up. And I think that's something we probably will need. Um, Going forward, probably against Kilkenny, you might see Joseph back in the forwards. He just gives us something different in the air. Um, he gives us work rate, obviously. I, I think he is probably the most underrated hurler in Ireland, uh, Joe. I think he's just an unbelievable... Yeah, I just think he's he's unbelievable. Like, every year for the All-Stars, he just gets looked over. I think it's, and this is what go Mac McGall were, were winning the All-Ireland. But I do think that would be the second thing for him to Burke um, back at seven. And I suppose, like, the likes of Liam Collins getting getting game time, starting, playing well, um, getting scores... So those are probably the three things that I think Henry would be happy with. Um, but I thought Galway, last maybe as well, I thought Galway were very professional about what they did. Um, there was absolutely, there was nothing nothing slack about them. They were sharp. Um, they were they were very much on it um, on Saturday. And it's not easy, it doesn't matter what teams you're playing, it's not easy to always be on that when you're playing three or four weeks in a row. Do you know what I mean? Like There can be dips in seasons. Um, but I thought Galway were very, very impressive uh, on Saturday. Just want to touch there on your point on Joseph Cooney, Garrett. It's, it's, it's a really interesting point, and I totally agree 
with you there. Like he, he definitely has to be one of the most underrated hurlers in the country. He's he's never really talked about that much. But for you, is it the unseen work that Joseph Cooney doesn't get the plaudits for? Sometimes it's the things you can see with your own eyes, but people just seem to think like you like some of the scores Joseph has got for Galway, like on the sideline you know, catching ball, not looking and just straight over the bar and you, or even just nonchalantly doing things. And it just seems to be, he just does it with such ease. Um, like his power, his pace, like for a big man, he's fast. Um, so I think like, yes, he works hard. And I think probably because he, he can play him as a halfback, like he, he's a guy that played centre-back in the semi-final, played wing forward. You know, we saw him a bit more at midfield than last day, but like, I think he's just such a good hurler. It is unbelievable to me that sometimes people just don't give him don't give him the recognition. But I think he's absolutely vital for Galway. I think of all the players that we couldn't afford to get injured, I think Joe Cooney is one of them. I think Joseph is just a machine for Galway. And the versatility he shows in-game. So I know people might say, OK, if somebody got injured, he could drop him back. But I think actually having that flexibility in a game is massive for the management team. They can say, right, if we have something we need to, to shore up you know, on the half-back line, he's an option. We can play him five, six, or seven. If we need to put him on field, we need him. We can put him there or in the half-forward line. So I think he's just an unbelievable hurler and um, he just goes about his business. I think that's something to, 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 to be proud of as a hurler, to go about your business and do it well. Yeah, he can almost play anywhere really from five to 12, you could say. Alan, what impressed you most about going at the weekend? Um, Everything, to be honest. I, I was talking to a few of the Westmead lads um, over the last couple of days and they are of the opinion now and they've, they've played all the top counties more or less all the top counties this year already and they said without a doubt that Galway are the best team that they've played without a doubt they scored 5-17 from play from their starting six forwards like uh, like I don't care who you're playing it doesn't matter who you're playing if you're scoring 5-17 from play you're starting six forwards and, and the majority of them didn't finish the game they were taken off and other lads were coming in and, and feeding the put. The big thing I see is, is the work rate of uh, the work rate of their backs is outrageous. Like every chance they get to double up on someone, they're doubling up on someone. The ball's in from their half-back lane. Their half-back lane hitting ball after ball. There's never a ball with Galway, especially last Saturday evening. You've never seen a ball dribbling out wide. Never, because they were picking their men. Now, it obviously comes from the, the runs inside have been excellent, but the the possession, winning primary possession, I, I think, I don't know if Carrick heard me on Saturday, is the, the massive thing I found was Aina Murphy's puckouts. Mm. He found his man every single time. And like I think he hit one bad puckout where he hit it to the corner back, and the corner back just missed control and went out over the sideline. It was nearly the only mistake Galway made all day. But other than that, he was finding men between the half-forward line and the half-back line, and it was ball to hand all the time. And they moved the ball out of trouble real quick, and then the ball inside, like there was no shots taken from Matt inside the half-forward line. It was always picking out men inside. Like, everything about their play was excellent. And like, Connor, I know you're saying, but Connor Whelan, he was probably a bit off it, but at the same time, he was marking Hugh Lawler last weekend. Like, as you said, Connor. Hugh Lawler is probably the most underrated defender in the country, even though people rate him highly. I actually think he's, if you were picking six backs in the country, he would be in the, in the backs, there's no doubt. And he probably had a bit of a tough time. He still scored, what, three points, two or three points from play last weekend. And he scored 3-1 in one half the other day off Tommy Doyle. Now, yeah. if you ask every manager in the country if they could take a player from 
one of the perceived weaker teams in the country, I think an awful lot of them would pick Tommy Doyle. He's that good. Like he's six foot six, big man, well able to hurl, able to strike off either hand, able to mark. And Conor Whelan gave him a tour of time. But the majority of it was because there was very little pressure put on uh, the ball coming in. But at the same time, he was ruthless. Galway were absolutely ruthless on Saturday evening. And every chance they got to take advantage of Westmead's frailties, they did it. And the big thing, the big difference between the big counties and the weaker, so-called weaker counties, is that the good, the good teams punish every little small mistake that that we made on Saturday evening. Like Galway absolutely crucified Westmead. Every mistake we made was either a point or a goal. It wasn't, it wasn't as if they they oh we got away with one there. We got away with nothing. Every mistake that we made, unfortunately, was punished. And that's the big thing with Galway is that they have everything. Like as like Liam Collins and and Evan Nyland are not your typical Galway forwards. They're not six foot two, six foot three, and big men. But they're well able to mix it. They're well able to hurl, and everything about Galway was very, very good the other day. We have to take into account as that we they were playing Westmead, who wouldn't be challenging for the All Ireland. But at the same time, I think, and we talk about Munster and we talk about Leinster. I think if Kilkenny and Galway were in Munster to come out of the group, there's no doubt. And we're talking about that's that's two teams from us to, and leaves just one more to come out from, from Munster. So I don't see why people are saying that Munster is very competitive, but there's no doubt that Galway and Kilkenny would probably come out of them groups as well. Was You just talked there about the um, puck out, Alan. Was there a particular setup with Galway on the puck out or was it just quite simply direct and they were retaining possession most of the time? It, it was the movement. It was the movement from 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. Them eight players were just constantly moving. And he bided his time and waited. And the minute he got an opportunity, like, and to be fair to him, he didn't need much. Like, I know he, they found, he found a man in lots of space, but he also found men where they didn't have too much space. But he was absolutely pinging balls in. There was no... There was no lobby ball where it gave Westmead a chance to get a hurl in. It was just like an arrow every time. It, it was the it was the best exhibition of puck outs I have seen. Now and we've we're, we're lucky enough to see the likes of Nicky Quaid and these lads and and Owen, uh, Owen Murphy and these lads all the time. But it was the best display of puck outs I've seen in a long, long time. Gareth, you were talking earlier on about the um, professional nature of Galway, the the ruthlessness they've shown, but. It's safe to be said, maybe, that Galway maybe have struggled in some games to get goals, but like for this for this team in particular to put six away, that does no harm at all. Yeah, well, I suppose, like, you know, look back a week previous, you know, Brian Cannon got the goal, Kevin Cooney didn't get the goal, Omar Murphy made a great double save. He, he probably would be happy enough making the first save, but the double save to scoop it away uh, was probably uh, uh, even better. And I think... You know, when you come out a game like that, I think, you know, like in fairness, you know, it is hard to, to get goals and create goal chances against Kilkenny. Um, but I think even for the likes of Kevin Cooney to get that chance then at the weekend and bury it is a massive thing as well. Um, you know, Brian Cannon's goal was good. I, I do think it depends on how teams set up against you as well. Do you know? Um, so I, I don't think Gore would be massively worried about getting goals. You know, um, when they needed one last year in the other semi final, they got one after uh, and, and the second half. When they needed one last year against Cork in the quarterfinal, I think Conor Wheeling got one. Um, 
like I, I suppose it depends as well who's inside. So as Adam said there, you know, if you have Collins inside, you know, he's he's not, you know, he, he's young, he's you know, he, he's not a big man yet. Um, so it, it does it's a different dynamic he he pose um, than somebody like you know having Jason Flynn in there from the start, for example. Do you know? Um, so it does allow you maybe to that great create space in his own way. But I, I wouldn't be too afraid for goal getting getting or not getting goal chances in other games. I think you know goals. For Galway, have never been a huge thing. Going back to 2017, we never massively need goals, you know, and that's probably reflected in the 14 different scores against Kilkenny and 13 against Westmead. So, if you're spreading the scores around like that, you know, you're going to accumulate enough um, to to be close in games. Um, what I would say is, I think, uh, and I agree with Anne. I think Ed Murphy was brilliant the last day, and like he was picking up Park Mannion and Cotton Mannion a lot. I think Cahill was much sharper on, on Saturday than he was in Nolan Park. You know, he got blocked down and hooked, I think, twice in Nolan Park, which I've never seen happen, to be honest. Uh, whereas he was really sharp. His delivery is unbelievable. And his kind of deep, deep role for Galway, if he gets on enough ball, he can just set up those passes. Alan was saying, like, passes in front of Conor Whelan, in front of Liam Collins, in front of Brian Kincannon. And if you're getting ball like that from Colin Mannion, it's, you, you know, you, you, as a forward, half your job is done. Um... So I think Galway points wise be very happy. Uh, Evan Nyland again from play. You know he he had a nice spread. He had sixty five. He had freeze. He had points from play. Um. So if Galway are getting if Galway are getting four or five points from each of their forwards, um, and a few midfield, like they'd be very very close. You know, do we need a goal to win to to win the big games? I don't think so. Um, it's always it's not necessarily think to take if you are to take care of Limerick that you will need those two to hit the net. Uh, I think you'll need one. Um, like, if you were to look at it and say, why didn't we beat them last year? We had points, point chances in, in the last few minutes we didn't take, rather than goals. Do you know what I mean? Um, and I do think when Galway plays play Limerick, it is a different, it's a tactical, tactically it's very different. Um, if we were to play maybe Tipperary, I think we would need goals in that kind of game. Do you know, it would be a bit more open. So I do think it depends on, on the team you're playing. Um but it's it's the scoring it's a scoring rate like our goal were able to keep that scoring rate high on their on their points. I that would be the bigger thing for Galway, I think, rather than over over having too much emphasis maybe on getting goals. Alan, you were talking there about Liam Collins not being the typical Galway forward, and it's just interesting to get maybe perspective from outside Galway because there's so many people all around the county that are just so excited about Liam Collins. The raw talent he has and what he's showed at underage level, but it's probably your first time seeing Liam Collins uh, live up close and personal on Saturday evening. What stood out for you when you seen Liam Collins play? It, it, what, what stood out for me with him was obviously the first thing I was thinking was, "Geez, this guy's very small compared to the rest of the lads." Like when you see someone like that on the pitch, especially with Galway, you think this lad must be a serious talent to be on the field with these lads. First ball in the other day, he won it. He just pinpointed the ball. He could have bought over the bar himself possibly, but he would have been shooting under pressure. He just pinpointed the ball over the far side of the field, straight to a man over the bar, back into his position again. Next ball in, he, he's a bit of trickery about him as well. He's he's a great little sidestep on him. The, the one thing that really impressed me, he was bearing down on goal the other day. I think it was for... Caracal would will uh, will set me straight here. I think it was for uh, uh, Con for Connor 
Connor's second or third goal where he came across, he was in, he had a defender coming across, he could have shot for a goal. And he was, I'd say he was the only person in the whole pitch that seen uh, Connor Whelan over the far side. And he just absolutely pinged it to his hand and he ended up, I don't know whether it was his or Kevin Cooney's goal, but nobody in the place would have seen the pass on him. Like, uh, I, and I don't think too many other people would have passed the ball. But he, I, the one thing about him is three or four 50-50 balls came in the other day. Now, and I know Westmead got, got a right good trimming, but Westmead's defenders are they're physically strong. They're not, they're not small men. They're physically strong and, they're, and they are able to hurl, there's no doubt. But he was able to mix it with them. He wasn't shirking away from any challenges, high balls in. And the big thing about it is that they brought on this um, Declan McLaughlin as well, who scored the equaliser against Kilkenny. And like he was contesting the ball in the air with Jogger. Now, Jogger's six foot, six foot six, and he's not a small man as anyone that knows him. But these guys were contesting high balls coming in the air. And the good thing about them, they weren't going up and trying to bring ball down on the hurl or anything like that. They contest the ball in the air with the hand. But the big thing with, with um, Liam Collins is his, his general play, not just his scoring ability, but his general play and bringing other lads into the game was top drawer. That's the thing, Derek, with um, Liam Collins and Declan McLaughlin. Like, they've really showed form early on in this Leinster Championship. But there's probably a lack of fear for those two players as well who are there at the minute. They're, they're young, they're fearless, and they're hungry to get into this team. Yeah, well, if I was Declan McLaughlin and ping a, an equaliser of 50 yards down Nolan Park, I wouldn't be afraid of much else, to be fair, to be honest. Like, you know, because <laughs> you can do that. Um, yeah, I think... I think I think it's a massive thing for Galway in the last couple of games and they'll probably get more game time against Antrim as well is to get those lads game time because they do they need games do you know what I mean and you know okay obviously Galway are looking at this all earned and they want to win the Lens Championship want to win the all earned but let's be realistic you know Liam Collins and Declan McLaughlin they mightn't go perfect for them this year do you know what I mean and they might have a game things don't work for them or you know what I mean like they're, they're very very young very very raw especially you know McLaughlin who mightn't have played as much maybe as Collins starting for Galway underage so I think it's a massive learning learning curve for them um, and I think like as Anne said there like they were playing they were playing against some de- some t- very good defenders last day do you know what I mean and I think there was one stage in the first half I think it was maybe Connor Shaw was on about the time and Collins put up his hand and just you know and just won it and laid it off and simple things like that from a corner forward who can win his own ball um, is massive because what you don't want from a corner forward is that the ball comes straight out again. So if you have a man that can lay it off, can score, win his own ball, it's a huge benefit for, for, for Galway. Um, do I see Liam Collins starting for Galway in an Leinster final or an RMSB final or an RM final? Maybe, I don't know. It could be maybe a bit too soon, but it gives you options. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what we didn't get against Limerick last year off the bench, we didn't get enough scores. Um, and it, they do give you a different threat. As, as Anne said, they're not the... They're not the, the normal Galway forwards. They're probably the Galway forwards we used to have <laughs> before that. Do you know what I mean? Um, you know, they're light, they're skillful. But you'd, you'd love and you'd hope to see them, maybe both of them, get game time in Co Park in a Leinster final and see how they adapt to that kind of space. Like, Because I think, like I think Liam Collins has, has the hurling to to just someday, it might be this year, but just someday just, just turn it on and people be like, geez, this guy is just a magician. Yeah, the thing about that, sorry to go in there, but the thing about him is if you were marking him, you absolutely have no clue what he's going to do next. Mm. You don't know whether he's going to win the ball. You don't know whether he's going to shoot over his shoulder. You don't know whether he's going to take you on. He'd be an absolute nightmare to mark because 
a lot of your forwards in the country now, you sort of think if you watch their games, like you do video analysis, you look at them and most of them do do the same thing straight away. They'll either look to shoot straight away, they'll look to take the man on straight away. A lot of lads, people are doing, but if you look at the analysis of him, he'd be a nightmare to mark. You would not know whether he's going to lay it off with a hand pass, whether he's going to take you on, he could sidestep you, he could ping a ball across the field for a goal chance. You just wouldn't know what he's going to do. And he's good at everything. There was nothing of his from his game the other day that you could say that's his weak point. His weak point is probably his physical size. But as as you seen the other day, he's well able to get up and mix it with the with, with lads, and he's well able to contest ball in the air. So that's not that wouldn't be a weak spot as far as I can see. But he would be he would be a nightmare to mark. And just a little a small little thing that, that I noted in my own notes the last day was I think it was like just before he got taken off or just before the end of the game, he was on his own forty five putting in tackles, and I think Sheffner kind of said to him, you know, push up again, like. So for a young lad to be working that hard in a game that Galway had won at that stage, you know, is a, is a good sign as well. Um, and his composure, like if you look back in that game in Nolan Park, when he, the score he got, it was very easy to turn and, and hit it over his left. He, he waited, made space for himself, he was composed and got, got an easy score. So look, he's, he's a great talent, great future. And, you know, anything he does this year is a bonus, I think, for Galway. Like he could have been playing against Dublin in the under 20 a couple of weeks yeah. ago. You know what I mean? So it is a massive bonus for Galway to have him as an option. Um, I think he's good lads around him as well. And, you know, when you have Conor Whelan around you, who, you know, broke on the scene against, I think Cork was it another quarterfinal um, at 18 years of age. Yeah. You know, so that's a massive help to have somebody like that that understands that, you know, that there are going to be certain things at his age that are going to be different for some of the older lads on the panel. Yeah. You know? the, the other thing, Paul, that you, if you weren't at the game, you wouldn't have seen was, uh, and Carrick will agree with me here, that only for the Westmead goalkeeper, yeah. Galway would have had another six or seven goals. He, like I know he, he conceded what he conceded, but he was outrageous. He made some of some unbelievable saves. And it wasn't from the shot. It was just, it was just, it wasn't because it was weak shots or anything like that. It was because he was so good. And uh, like they could very easily walk away with 10 goals the other day, 11 goals, very easily. And it came from all their forwards. Just on that, just on the touch kind of briefly on Westmead. Where do Westmead go from here? It just looks very ominous now, particularly after a beating like that. Well, it's like this. If you asked if you asked any of the any of the counties, the likes of Offley, Leash, uh, Antrim, Westmead, they all want to play at the top table. There's no doubt. They're not going to get any better unless they stay at the top table, in my opinion. Absolutely not. They're getting trimmings, there's no doubt. They have got these trimmings for. I was a selector with Westmead when we went down to when we went down to uh, Cork, down to Parky Cueve, and Cork scored was it six twenty-seven to twelve points or something like that. And that year we ended up winning the Joe McDonough. Do you know what I mean? Like so they, they, it's not as if they haven't been in position like this to have. They as I, as, I, as I alluded on the radio the other day, Westmead were under no illusions what, what way the game was going to go the other day. They obviously didn't want to get the trimming that they ended up getting. But at the same time, they, they knew they weren't going to win the game. They're not foolish either. But at the same time, it's all about three weeks' time and against Antrim and Mullingar. And Westmead are actually, 
when they know they're going to be competitive and when their backs are to the wall, they actually can pull out a performance like they did against Leash in the relegation playoff from is the National League. Not, is this not hard to turn around mentally now? It, it, they've done it before. I'm not saying that they, they will definitely do it again, but they have done it before. Every year for the last two or three years, they have done this. They've got trimmings and there's always a game in them. There's always something. Now, the thing about Joe Fortune is Westmead, I know they got their trimming the other day, but they were competitive up in up in Parnell Park last week, up until about the 51st or 52nd minute. They were very competitive. But... Um, they have a they have a game in them. They have a fight in them. They're great. They're great young lads. Now I I cannot commend them anymore. They will butter the fight to anybody. They have come back from this before. I would think that Antrim will get it very hard to beat Westmead in Mullingar in three weeks time. They'll get it very hard to beat them. And let's be honest about it. Antrim got a bit of a trimming over the weekend themselves. So they're coming. They're coming. Um, they're coming in that regard. I know they. Do you see, see Westmead surviving in the Leinster Championship this year? I think it'll be Antrim in Mullingar. I think if it was up in Antrim, it would be very, very difficult. But I, seeing it's in Mullingar, I actually do think they'll win. And just on that, I, I, like Paul, I actually felt before I don't know that Dan feel the same thing, but I didn't really feel that, like that Westmead maybe probably put mentally everything into that game against Galway. There was that kind of. You know what I mean? In a strange way, like, I don't think lads would be that deflated after that loss. Do you know what I mean? Like, even, it just didn't seem to be, you know, there wasn't the kind of, there wasn't that kind of bluster at the start of the game. There wasn't, you know, huge hits going in. Yeah, obviously they worked hard, but it didn't, it, you knew that it wasn't, this wasn't the big game for Westmeath. Do you know what I mean? Uh, and maybe that was the previous week, you know, you would have seen a bit more than that against Dublin. I do think the big thing with the Antrim-Westmeath game is who's going to be back injury-wise? Do you know? Alan mentioned the injuries to have, you know, the likes of Killian Doyle, you know, Niall Mitchell played against Dublin and then came off, didn't he? So I don't know when he'd be back. Yeah, he got a hand injury. Yeah. Yeah. So like if he's back, he's a massive, massive boost. Antrim are in the same boat. Like, do you know, Owen Campbell, their centre back, he was injured yesterday, so they had to rejig the whole half back line. And if you looked at that game, they were cut out in the half back line for the first two goals. Do you know what I mean? Um Neil McManus got, got it was it was injured. Um, you know, so injuries is a massive thing for 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 those panels because you know, not even those, even so Wexford. Do you know what I mean? You, it's very hard to replace top class hurlers. Um, so I think for that game in Mullingar, it a lot will depend who has the more players back. Do you know? Because if you have a Neil McManus on one side and don't have maybe a Niall Mitchell on the other, that's a massive swing. Do you know? That's yeah. the reality of top class hurlers. Um, but I, I just felt I don't know. I just felt that Westmeads. I think it wasn't a massive. Psychological blow against them for for Gower to beat them, I think. You know, I think if I think maybe if, if Dublin had hammered them like that, it might be different. But I don't think that was my feeling coming out of it. Anyways, I didn't think it was a huge thing, and they'd be focused in in three weeks' time. Like Antrim have to go always well, which won't be easy either. Couldn't couldn't agree more because Westmead went into the Dublin match thinking they actually might have had a chance here to win. Westmead went in the other day along with all his supporters, knowing. We've no chance of winning this game. And no, no matter how much... Well, just sorry yeah. there, Finn Allen, but like, particularly as well, Westmead have got a fair few Germans to go, you could say, over the last three years. 
yeah, it, it, it's tough. It's tough. It's like it's like even if you come up against a club team when if you were playing yourself and stuff like that, if you have one club team that keeps giving you drubbins, you just don't want to go back to that well again with them. And to be fair, they got they, they got beaten well twice this year by Galway already. It was, but at the same time, I think if the likes of Niall Mitchell, I think if we were playing Antrim the other day, I could be wrong. I don't know. I wasn't talking to Mitch since, but if Westmead were playing Antrim the other day, I think. Andrew Mitchell would have been tugged out and ready to go, and maybe Jack Galvin as well. And and uh, Killian Doyle's come back from injury. I'm not. I don't think he's going to be back in time for that game. But if he is, Westmead will be very hard beaten in Mullingar. There's no doubt. Just on the um, overall context now of Leinster Carrick going into the final rounds of games, I'll say Galway coming up against Antrim. Dublin play Kilkenny and then Wexford um, finish with Kilkenny if, if they beat Westmead, which they'll probably be expected to do. It kind of brings Wexford back into it. And if you can hear Dara Egan after even talking the last day, um, he said they were kind of nearly in this uh, situation last year. But on this, is, is it still in your eyes set up for a go with Kilkenny Leinster final? Do you think we could see a surprise yet? No, I think it's going to be go to Kenny Leinster final. Um, I think that's that's just the way it's going to be. Um, you know, I, I like I, I watched the the Dublin Wexford game. Uh, I was watching some of it before the game started. Mullen Gar, then I watched some of it yesterday, and like you know, I know Derek. He's an, he's a brilliant coach, great guy, and I'd say he was just so frustrated with the chances they missed, and even when things aren't going your way. With regards to injuries and then to hit the crossbar, do you know what I mean? Like t- things like that, and in a game that was so tight, they just had too many wides. Um, and when you just have wides like that, it just drains confidence, it drains momentum, and it drains energy, which is something you do need in Crow Park from a team. Um, can Wexford beat Kenny? Absolutely, you know. I, I think of all the teams that could come from you know losing to Dublin and losing to Galway and come beat Kenny, it is Wexford, do you know. But they need everyone. And as, uh, as we said earlier, you need your leech ins. You know, Liam Ryan had um, a bandage around, around his leg in Crow Park. You need the, those lads back. And you need to be, you need not to be missing chances. Too many, too many wides for um, Wexford, and that kills you. Um, Dublin, um, could they make it? Could they make a Leicester final? I don't think so. Uh, but I don't think, to be honest, I don't think Neil Dunham would be too put out by not making a Leicester final. I think the team Dublin have are very young. Um, obviously, they're you know they've they've you know we all know about the players that changed. They have a brand new midfield. They have you know Sean Brennan back in goal, who was in and out for the last couple of years. Um, you know you have likes of Paddy Doyle, their cornerback, very good under twenty player. Um, I, I actually think maybe Dublin wouldn't benefit from playing Galway or Kenny and Leinster final. That's my own opinion. I think they will benefit if they get to a quarter final or preliminary quarter final. And maybe try and get to a quarter final and take 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 a hit off one of the uh, and see what what happens in, in one of the uh, monster teams. Um, so I think Miguel don't be happy with that, but I do think it'd be go to any final, and hopefully, geez, it couldn't be as bad as the final last year. But it's one of the worst games I've ever been to. Um, you know, it was just terrible. And I I know I know people were giving out about Crow Park as a venue for that. Like I think it's probably the right venue, but it, it would be great maybe if they did have it in Tullamore or in Port Leash. You know, go with Kilkenny game there. Like it's not so long ago that Go and Kilkenny played some great games in Tullamore with a big crowd. But I do think it'll be Go with Kilkenny final. The famous hand passes in Tullamore, wasn't it? 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a great game. But uh, we went up to that. We went up to that Leinster fine. We brought the uh, clubs under Westmead have a great uh, yoke on at the minute. To, uh, one, one team from the club, uh, underage club, to give them tickets to bring them up to Crow Park for Leinster fine. And it was great. Kids were really excited. We had about seven or eight young lads that hadn't played much harder than before, cutting weight cup to this game. And it was the worst game I have seen in Crow Park, I'd say, hurling wise ever. Uh, it was very, very poor. I can't see that ever happening again. Yeah, no, there, there was definitely a flat nature to that last year. And yeah. do you still see the big two and go in Kilkenny battling it out in the Leinster final? Level? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I think Dublin will be the third team to come out. Um, to be honest, I, I think that Galway played very much within themselves against against Kilkenny. I it looked a little bit flat. Uh, down in Allen Park last week, uh, and it took an audacious point from um, from Declan McLaughlin at the end. Like I know we were talking about um, we were talking about uh, the point he scored, but to have the to have the confidence in himself to have a goal from where he had a goal from, and especially when there was I can't remember who it was someone with a white helmet was oh, gone by him. Yeah. Who was it? Dolly Burke running. Dolly Burke was gone. Was gone by him, and like. I know from play, my playing days with Westmead football, if Desi Dolan went by me on my debut, he was getting the ball. He wasn't. <laughs> uh, he wasn't not getting it. But at the same time, um, he had uh, like the, to have the, that confidence to have a go from where he had a go from, and then scores like he must be on cloud nine at the minute. The way things are going, to be to, to be as young as he is, and to be involved with that that squad, I think if Limerick. Are any way off at all? I think Galway could very much win the All Ireland this year. I do think we, we need to win Leinster, though. I think Galway need to win Leinster. Yeah, yeah. That, to stay, that, to stay, to stick yeah, to semi final. Yeah, it's a massive thing, and I think that poor performance in Leinster final was followed by an average enough performance against Cork. I know we won the game, but we weren't going to have beaten Galway last year. We yeah, and I, I know we kind of turned around and had a good game against Limerick, but didn't win. So I think for Galway. You know, I, I do, I do agree with Anne. They were a bit flat in Nolan Park, um, but I think, I think if Galway went to the All Ireland, the, um, if they get to the Leinster final, they have to, they have to win it. They have to, you know, we, we for 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 the amount of years we've been in Leinster now, we haven't brought the Bob O'Keefe back over the Shan quite enough. So I think, um, you know, there was a reason why we won in 2017 and we went all the way. I think we have to win it, and I think the lads will know that themselves. And I think probably Galway season probably starts there, um, really. Can I ask you a question, Carly? The senior mm. from Galway and all that, and and or both you even. Do you think that Galway have this thing about Kilkenny? They seem to be flat a lot of the time to play against Kilkenny. Yeah. Um, over the last couple of years now. Now I'm not talking about uh, the last ten years. I'm talking about say last year and this year. I thought I just think that all their games against Kilkenny they've been a little bit flat. Yeah, I, to be honest, no, I did, I didn't think of it, and I think. Um, like prob- they're probably they might have been flat last year in the first game, the game with the, with the handshake and and all that kind of crack. Oh, yeah. There was poor conditions. Um, that day it was wet, it was windy, and it was physical more than energetic. It was physical, which is probably slightly different. So, yeah, like I think maybe like maybe, I, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a mental thing. Um, but there's you know we ha- we haven't performed against them. That's that's probably the fact. We haven't really. Performed against Kilkenny 
for 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 a couple of years now. Um, you know, I'm trying to think what was the last time Galway really played well and played well. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? And that was kind of that was a kind of a game we we nearly had won, and they came. You know, they're actually after that, Michal Dunning's last year down in Northern Park didn't they get the victory? That yeah, year. yeah, that yeah. was yeah. And Colmania, I think, got about eight eight or nine points that day. So that's probably that. That's 2018, like so. Yeah, yeah to be honest, I, I hadn't thought of it that much, even though we played them often enough, obviously in Leinster. But I do think the dynamic of Leinster does kind of have an impact on that. That you're not going, you, you know, you're playing them. In one of the round in the round robin games, knowing that you could play them again, yeah, so the yeah, dynamic of that true. does change a small bit, and even adding in that you you know you end up playing them a lot in even club and in the league. So, um, I, I I'd say it's not it's not a fear in that's for sure. No, absolutely not. No, no, no. Well, it was actually sent me today, and it, it was it was an interesting text to hear an outsider from Galway say could be a possible double on the cards for Galway. Yeah. I did you did you say who said that text you know? Yeah, no, I was talking about you. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I was wondering where you're hanging out. Genuinely, I think it's for the first time in a long, long time, I think Galway could very much win the double. Like I thought their footballers yesterday were I know they were up against the division four side, but they were ruthless. Like like the like uh like the hurlers weren't sat on Saturday, ruthless. And I just think that all the big games that the Galway footballers will only get better. And there's no doubt. And I and I really think that they, they will probably need Limerick to underperform slightly. Not much now, but slightly. But I, I do think they're the second best team in the country at the minute. Mm. And if, if, if Limerick underperform at all, they could very well beat them. Yeah, I think I was right. I was actually talking talk to a Mayo man, God forbid, uh, today about that. And uh, I said, you know, I think Galway oh, have a great chance. You know, like winning both, it would be difficult, but I think we're probably in a better chance in a place than ever. And he said, well, I hope you win the hurling. And I said, well, we don't need your support, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to clip you now here, Alan, um, here. So if, if the double comes through, you can be the one who said it early doors. Um, yeah. But just like finishing with that game and, and coming towards the end Darren Morrissey as well Carol, he came in the last day for Jack Grealish um, regular starter last year as well two lock Raymond making their debut in uh, Jamie Ryan and Martin McManus as well yeah I suppose like we, we, McManus had got a good bit of league time I don't think Jamie Ryan I don't think he played in the league not that I can remember he no Jamie Ryan had a, I'm pretty sure it was a hand injury in the league so he actually yeah. Uh, so to get on the championship is great for them. You know, I think we were probably maybe hoping that Ronan Glenn would come on and the, and the two brothers would be on yeah. Tuesday. Uh, but uh, that didn't, you know, materialise. Um, but yeah, look, I think Darren Morrissey, good to get him games. Like He was one of our best defenders last year. Um, and I suppose to, to have an option in that position is huge. You know, we saw what happened to Limerick and the injuries they had. You need someone in the cornerback position because there will come a day, it could be in Thurless, it could be in Crow Park, that your a cornerback would be under pressure. That's just the, the way it is. So to have someone like Darren Marcy who got all you know was, was unbelievable last year, you know what he's going to give you. He's he's well able and you know between himself, TJ Brennan the other side, and you know Jack Reed is there. Three massive options in two or four. Like I don't think you're going to, have to change three or six uh, with with Garrows and, and Dahi. Um, 
you know, and Porra could probably pick himself a five. So I think is that, the, um, is that the biggest positive at the minute that developing as the championship is going on now for going? Yeah, but I think we probably saw that in the league, and in fairness, even in the in the, in the Walsh Cup in the league, like Galway, probably the results weren't great, but we were getting like lads were getting game time, and you need that, like, do you know what I mean? Um, you, like especially coming from Galway in recent years, where you know even as minors they were getting two games, three games, under twenties, two games, three games. Do you know what I mean? So they don't have the 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 the, the body of work that some of the other counties have, um, so. It gives us it gives you a huge advantage. Do I think maybe McManus and and Ryan will get g- g- game time in the bigger games championship? I, I don't think so. You know, it's it's unless they're playing very very well. Um, but again, like un- until those lads get get experience like they did on Saturday, that can, that can only make them better. You know, um, and you know we, we saw like an Adam into the goal footballers last year. But that was something that led us down the other final last year. We didn't have lads yeah. in. With experience and change the game, you know. I think you have Billy Manning coming on for his first first championship um, appearance. So I think Henry is aware of that he's given lads game times. You know, we saw in Lawless Martin Roy came on as well. Um, so you need to give lads game time. That's the only way, way they're going to get better. But you know, go ahead injuries during the league as well. Um, so I think, uh, as far as I know, you know, most people, most lads are injury free. And if you yeah, keep just like, Tom Monaghan now to get back. Yeah, Tom Monaghan. I don't know if Shane Cooney, what's his situation? I'm not sure. Another step back, I think. Yeah, so, you know, outside of Tom Monaghan, you know, who hopefully will be back for, for the knockout games, go we probably are full strength. And, you know, th- th- there's probably horses for courses in, in those positions that they talk about Joe Cooney at the start. You know, you can use him in half back line, half forward line, midfield, depending on who you have. Like, I think Finton, once he's fit, he'd start. Um... You know, Keenan Fahey, I thought I was very impressed with Keenan Fahey in Northern Park for the first 40 minutes. He's grown in to, to the Galway jersey. Um, so a lot of options for Henry. Uh, just a quick question there for you. Connor Cooney, was he just rested the other day? Uh, he came off early against Kilkenny. Was he, is he injured or? I, I'm not sure now. Unless he Paul... wasn't on the squad on Saturday. Yeah, I didn't actually hear anything either. I, I don't know if that was just a rest or on the injury front. Because he's he's uh, he if he's if he's on his game he's deadly. Yeah, I think like I think it's when he's on his game. I think that's the thing, you know. And I think probably not having the freeze this year and Evan on the freeze is a bit of an adaptation. But I think like Connor, I'd say he probably be disappointed with his own performance against in Nolan Park. I think he had one point from play and four wides, but you know. He's well capable of getting those four points. So then he has five points in play and the whole thing changes, you know. So I think Connor is going to be a vital part for Galway. His role will probably change, um, I think, this year, you know, and that'll depend on who else is playing well. You know, is he guaranteed start like he was at the last couple of years? Maybe not. But we need Connor Cooney playing well. It's it's obviously Andrew Mupp um next for Galway in the Leinster Senior Highland Championship. And that's Sunday, the 21st of May, and then they go to uh, Dublin um, and that game's in Crow Park um, which would be an interesting dynamic day um, a lot of the Galway players coming up against the former manager in Michal Donoghue but that's all we have time for um, this evening on our podcast a big thank you to Carrick and Adam Langan for coming on to the podcast No problem, thanks very much Paul. The Backdoor GA Podcast for 2023 is now brought to you by Steve Motor Group For your personalised vehicle shopping experience, visit stevemotorgroup.ie. We are now delighted to announce our second sponsor of the podcast. 
Harper Finley are a professional service recruitment company operating nationwide and are dedicated to helping people find their dream job.